Blog Talk Radio. Washington 
are about to drop a lump of coal into the Christmas stockings of every charity in America. Tax brackets change on January 1st. And here, with changes to to tax rates, the GOP tax bill brings tax cuts to almost all of the seven tax brackets um, beginning in 2018. uh, That means the current rates from 10% for the lowest bracket to 39.6 for the highest will change and look like this. So I'll just read this off so you see. Excuse me. Nothing changes for the 10%. That's up to 9500 That's up to about $9,000 a year. Yeah. 15, yeah, for anything over $9,000, you are going to pay 15%. Up right? to 38000 a year. That's, that's changed. That was the old change. Now the new change is 12%. Um, 25% for the old. This is for single, by the way. You paid uh, 25% if you made between thirty eight and 93000 and the new rates are 22%. So you say No, no, 22% up to 82,000. Right. So the difference right. there's a difference right. there. Up to 82,000. And then if you make over 82,000, it's 24%, uh which is uh, 4% less than uh Yeah, your, your new rate is 4% less than your old rate. <coughs> and uh, let's see, new rates uh blah, blah, blah. if you're making uh Two hundred thousand to five hundred thousand, uh, your new rate is thirty-five percent. And if you're uh, over that, if you're making five hundred thousand and more, your tax rate is thirty-seven percent, where the old rate was thirty-nine percent. So all the rates kind of have dropped, but uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, interesting. Actually, you see where the tax rate went up here? People making 130, uh, over 195,000 uh, were paying 33% last year. They'll pay 32% this year. But people making, last year, people making over $425,000, right, were paying 35%. They'll still pay 35%. But, that, but if the new bracket is people making 200 to 500 now. We're going to have to pay that. So people before were were paying two or three percent less. See? No, no, no. Go down. No, 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 Leo. No. You're, yeah, you're, you're, they went down. If you made four hundred and twenty-six thousand in the old rate, it was thirty-nine percent. It's thirty-five percent. Now it's thirty-five percent. No, it was thirty-five here. No, four hundred and twenty-six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But over here. It's four twenty four minimum. Four twenty four to four twenty six. See that was the rate, right? Now here they dropped that rate, that bracket to for to two hundred thousand to five hundred thousand right. still charging at thirty five percent. So in other words, they're they're not you're not getting any break if you make over four hundred thousand or now if you make over two hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. You know? They're gonna hit you for thirty five percent. No change from last year. And if you make, which is really weird, why they would do that? And over here, they would go from uh, five hundred. Anyone over five hundred thousand is going to be at thirty-seven percent. You know, which is year, less than yeah, what it was. Yeah. So what they're doing By is they're three and changing, a half percent. Yeah, but what they've done is that thirty-five percent in the new tax, they've dropped. They've dropped that. Uh, you, 
now anybody making two hundred thousand to five hundred is going to pay thirty five percent. See, before it was only somebody making four twenty four hundred twenty five thousand to four hundred twenty six thousand, which was a weird tax bracket, mm. you know. And uh, prior to that, they were getting thirty three percent. So. If your if your taxes are two if you're paying if you got uh, you have income, a two percent increase yeah they got a two percent increase if you're over two hundred thousand dollars so you you got screwed all right and married joint filing jointly um, let's see are there any changes yeah it went down in what that's mine they're at twenty four percent that's single married joint you're at um, um, it went down from if you're making nineteen hundred nineteen thousand to seventy-seven thousand, uh, your rate went down by three percent. If you're making twenty-eight, uh, if you're making, uh, see that's they got. They're not really equal, you know. That no, they cut. See, they cut the rates, but they cut the the, the qualification time too. Mm-hmm. Which is really weird, you know. Really, really, very weird. And then they. Uh, but so, so your tax rate went down by not by that much, but the taxes, your tax breaks have gone away, so you've lost money. Right. And anybody making four over four hundred thousand dollars, there's no difference. There is thirty-five percent, just like last year. Four hundred to six hundred thousand. Now, mm-hmm. stuff that before it was only four hundred and twenty-five to four hundred and eighty. Now it's. 400 to 600, so you're getting blasted there too, and 37% over 600,000. The last year it was anybody making 480,000 and more was paying 39.6. So at the top tier, they're making out okay, two or three percent, mm. but, but other other levels they're not making out at all. There's no changes, and uh, you know. Okay, go down and see what else. Higher levels. And that's for married too. So, um, tax withholding changes early in 218. According to the Internal Revenue Service, new guidance uh, about tax withholding will be issued in January, which means the amount of taxes that will come out of your paycheck could change as early as February. Standard deductions increase uh, will take a while. Yeah, for 2017 tax year, the standard deduction for single taxpayers is $6,350. In other words, you won't get to use the newly passed $12,000 standard deduction when you file your 2017 taxes in April 2018. Likewise, married couples filing jointly will see a bump from $12,700 to $24,000, but that won't impact their household finances until they file in April of 2019. So don't start budgeting around the big tax return yet. Obamacare isn't going away. Donald Trump and the Republican Party fought all year to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act, and though their health care push fell short, they were able to insert language into the GOP tax bill to eliminate the ACA's individual mandate, the clause that financially penalized taxpayers if they did not sign up for health insurance. However, the individual mandate doesn't end until 2019, so don't go dumping your health care yet. At more than 560 pages, the GOP tax reform bill 
has a lot more intricacies and there are undoubtedly more, many more ways to plan ahead for your taxes, but these five pieces will help the majority of households prepare for the big changes ahead. So I don't really understand whether I'm paying more or less. Uh, you, it depends on how much you could deduct it or not, you know? Yeah. Probably not much. But anyway, that's the, that's the news from there. I hope you get a kick out of that. Um, the USDA rolled back protections for small farmers, and now the farmers are suing. An, an issue in the Trump administration's withdrawal of two Obama-era rules designed to protect small farmers who says they have been uh, exploited by the meatpacking. Oh, not surprised. Uh, let's see what that's all about. It's from National Public Radio. I don't know exactly what their protections were. Uh, uh, an organization representing the interests of small farmers across rural America fired a legal, fired, yeah, a legal salvo Thursday, um, aimed at a Trump administration that they feel has let them down. The lawsuit filed by the Organization for Competitive Markets, a small farmers think tank based in Lincoln, Nebraska, and three farmer plant plaintiffs thank you. Did not you. shake the halls of Congress. <laughs> you want to pick it up? Okay, go ahead. Nor will it go viral on social media, but to the 40,000 contract poultry farmers, 900,000 cattle ranchers and 70,000 hog farmers in America's heartland whose interest it seeks to represent. The lawsuit represents the tip of an iceberg of financial and emotional despair. At issue is the Trump administration's withdrawal of two Obama-era rules designed to protect small farmers who say they are being exploited by the meatpacking companies they supply. I'm not surprised. The suit filed on behalf of OCM by the Capitol Hill legal watchdog Democracy Forward charges the U.S. Department of Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue and his agency with arbitrary and capricious behavior. Yeah, I wonder if, if that's the same guy as oh, I'm sure. Chicken, huh? And rolling back those two rules. One of them would have made it easier for individual farmers to sue for anti-competitive. you got to move that. Oh, sorry for anti-competitive behavior. Many of the farmers affected by the rollback support, supported Donald Trump for president, believing his promise to look after their interests. Now their disillusionment is settling in. West Virginia poultry farmer Mike Weaver is one of them. He says the feeling now among small farmers and ranchers is, where's the support that you promised us? We voted for you because you were going to make things right and it's not happening. Thursday's lawsuit is an attempt to put legal muscle behind the frustration of farmers and ranchers over a highly consolidated meatpacking system. Four packers control 82% of the market, explains Joe Maxwell, executive director of OCM, and they've carved the country into regions and don't compete with each other. Oh, that's wrong. That's against the law. Farmers feel threatened by packers because in their area there's only one choice. We're not, uh, Weaver says, contract poultry farmers like himself are wooed by slick sale pitches from meat packers. They have to put their home into hawk to raise the $1.5 to $2 million. 
it takes to start a poultry operation. Then you have to take what the company gives you. He adds that you take chances on losing the farm. Companies abuse that shamefully. The rollback rules are known as GIPSA, short for Grain Inspection Packers and Stockyard Administration, the arm of the USDA, tasked with promoting fair and competitive practices in the industry. Large meat packers, represented by agribusiness lobbies, such as the National Chicken Council, the National Pork Producers Council, and the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, counter that adopting the rules would have lowered the bar for farmers to sue meat packers for any competitive behavior and invited frivolous and costly litigations, resulting in higher prices for consumers. Tom Super, spokesman for the National Chicken Council, says the rules would have opened the floodgates for trial lawyers to sue companies, and why shouldn't they? And added well over $1 billion to its cost for livestock and poultry industry. This whole thing goes on. It's quite long, Leo. Oh, it's but not, basically, not really. it's not that much longer. Okay, yes, it is. Yeah. It's going to go on forever. No, that's true. And oh. so basically it's unfair control, and they need to break that. And they have the, you know, they're not allowed to uh, to seek uh, free business because they've divide, they've um, zoned the industry. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not right. No. So and they're they're ganging up and setting prices. They're not allowed to do no, that. they're so fixing prices and they're, price and, they're, and they're running these guys out of out of business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's against the law, I thought. Yeah. But, of course, when you have corporations running the country, nothing they do is against the law. Right. If you want to stop the militarization of America's police, all right, Trump says he'll militarize local police and takes jabs at oh, the Obama administration. He's playing God good. almighty. Yeah, and, you know, just like, you know, Trump takes a jab at Obama administration while uh, talking to FBI graduates. Uh, on December 15th about militarizing the local police. And um, he's got the, the little talk here. So I'm just See what he said. That's weird. Is your volume on? Yeah, That's mine. Fine. mine is too. Just as I promised. We are allowing our local police to access surplus military equipment, something the previous administration, for some reason, refused to do. Explain that one. Explain it to me, please. Never understood that one. Somebody out there can explain. Anybody want to stand up and explain it? That'd be tough. Okay. I don't know. I, I didn't make any sense there. He wants to militarize the police. Like they're not militarized enough. Yeah, that's why they're shooting people. You got a police that's state. not a good yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, we're in a police state now, I mean, for a lot of, a lot of people. Oh, new FBI. This, this is No, FDA. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. New FDA approved hepatitis B vaccine but found to increase heart attack risk by 700%. Can you imagine that? You imagine that? That's pretty scary. Yeah. If you don't die of hepatitis, you die of uh, heart failure. Heart failure. Yeah. Is that a thing? Uh, 
this uh, big tumor growing in, in his back. So you can see that even after three weeks, there is a significant or 70% decrease in tumor size. It shrunk brain, breast, and lung tumors in the animals in a matter of weeks, and the drug had no side effects, confirmed by tests of DCA in humans for other diseases. This kind of results, to my mind, are as good as, as it gets. And it seems to work by reviving the energy-producing components of human cells, allowing the cells to work normally again, triggering cancer cells to commit suicide. Scientists agree that DCA now needs to be tested quickly in human cancer patients. This is exactly what we want, the drug that has activity, but has also minimal side effects for patients. But there's a problem. DCA isn't owned by any pharmaceutical company. There's no patent on it. So on one hand, it could become a very inexpensive new treatment for cancer. On the other, drug companies won't be interested in funding studies for a drug that won't make them a profit. It's a good question because typically, you know, there are market considerations. So now Dr. Mikulakis has to find someone who will pay for the next round of testing. We hope that we can attract the interest of universities here in Canada and in the United States. And he doesn't want to let the medical dream of a cheap, effective anti-cancer drug disappear, just because it might not make someone a lot of money. It costs, some say, about $100 million to get a new drug through all the phases of testing onto the market. So it will be interesting to see if this old drug actually gets a new chance at becoming an anti-cancer medication. Lloyd? Well, Amos, your report tells us that this drug has great promise. So why aren't companies and institutions lining up to get behind it? Well, first of all, Lloyd, this is the initial report. Secondly, because the drug isn't patented, it's an old drug, if someone invests in researching it, they're not going to make a profit because anyone can make it. So we'll have to see. There are some agencies public agencies, government agencies that may give it funding, but that's still a question that will have to be answered. But unless big pharmaceutical companies are behind these things, they may go nowhere, is that it? Well, actually, Lloyd, I've had two other stories where drugs have shown great promise in the preclinical phase, and because they were orphan drugs and no one picked up, nobody could get the patent on it, they've gone nowhere. So I will be keeping an eye on this one. Thank you very much, Avis. And that's where the government should step in, you know. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. They won't touch anything that interferes with corporate profit. Yeah. This was pretty sick. This was a really uh, a, a kick in the face, uh, you know. Trump hosted the NRA at the White House on the anniversary of Sandy Hook Massacre. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't that was, that was, a, that was really, really a dirtball thing to do. He does a lot of stuff that's not nice. No, it's, it's a dirtball thing. You know, it's just terrible. But, you know, it's just an attack. Like he used that Navajo Indian thing as, a, to, to, as an attack on uh, uh, Pocahontas there. The Elizabeth Warren. Warren. And yeah. hosted them under the portrait of Ian. Yeah, Jackson. yeah, just a cruel insulting. fucking insult. Just a major just, insult he did. He's not a nice person. Yeah, and, you know, it, he's it, very petty. Petty and he's petty he's, and mean. He's sick. He's a sick guy. Yeah, anybody that spends their time thinking about setting up something that way is a sick person. He's a sick guy, you know. He, he screwed ever since the the pipeline thing. He screwed Indians every which way but loose. Mm-hmm. Now he's taking away their lands. 
right? And, you know, in, in Utah and all these, they are taking away the the heritage lands. Yeah, for for uh, drilling and shit. Not only did Donald Trump not tweet out messages of condolences for the families who lost loved ones five years ago on Thursday at the Sandy Hook um, gun massacre in Connecticut, and not only did uh, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders on that day insist there's simply nothing that can be done to battle American epidemic of gun violence, but Trump himself managed to insult the Sandy Hook families in an appalling, in another appalling way. In a craven display of collective indifference, Trump hosted Wayne LaPierre, excuse me, the controversial head of the NRA at the White House on Thursday night, as families and friends of the elementary school gun massacre were remembering the victims of the horrific killing spree. <clears throat> the shooting rampage claims 26 lives, including 20 young children in the wake of the attack. LaPierre's NRA spread lies about the emerging response to the attack, lashed out at critics, and urged that every school in America have armed guns in order to fend off possible gunmen welding AK-47s. And soon after that, LaPierre led the fight to obstruct President Barack Obama's bipartisan effort to pass a widely popular background check bill. And LaPierre represents everything that's wrong and immoral with radical far-right uh, voices of the gun-obsessed GOP culture. And that's who Trump invited to the White House on the fifth anniversary of the Sandy Hook Massacre. That was pretty damn low. Gun safety advocate uh, Shannon Watt, uh, who founded the group Moms Against Action, Moms Demand Action, rather, uh, noted on Twitter that the contrast between uh, Trump and Obama deal with families of Sandy Hook, as well as the members of the slain. Um, and she just, you know, tweeted some stuff there. But uh, it was really sad. Really, really, really sad. But Trump's do-nothing strategy regarding uh, gun violence was on display on Thursday uh, when Sanders was asked by a reporter at the Daily Briefing to explain what President Trump had done to try to protect the American people against a similar type of Sandy Hook massacre. And Sanders at first started touting Trump's tighter border security measures. And after she was reminded that Sandy Hook a uh, shooter didn't enter the U.S. from a country that was born here, nor did the shooters who killed the nearly 100 people during the massacre in uh, Las Vegas and uh, Sutherland Springs. Uh, Texas this year, Sanders conceded that uh, the White House hadn't done a thing to try to stop the bloodshed because the White House, echoing NRA spin, doesn't think there is anything to be done to stop the bloodshed. Jesus, God. The White House now views gun massacres the same way as it views the weather. It's out of their hands. And it views, that, and it views the Sandy Hook victims as inconvenient reminders of the past. That guy's still like, this is one kind of sick dude. Mm -hmm. Jeez. Most senior GOP senators, senator, the most, most senior GOP, yeah, it's true. Humiliates himself, groveling at Trump's feet. It's so true. That was the most sickening display I have ever seen. What was that? That today, when when he he he, he just about gave him a blowjob. I mean that, that guy, uh, Orrin Hatch, Ugh. the Utah idiot. And uh, no, he he was just wait. wait I'll, I think they got the clip here. It was, it was it had to be the most disgusting display. Who was he groveling to Trump? Trump. 
and uh, Trump wanted to make the rich far richer and the poor more destitute and everyone in between more insecure. And uh, Trump's plan to, is to target the federal safety net. Somebody got to stop this guy. I, I don't know who's going to do it, but I, I, you know, it's got to the, the people that can stop this guy. Yeah, maybe. Scary, huh? Yeah. The Trump administration and Republicans in Congress are hoping to make the most sweeping changes of federal safety net programs in a generation, and using legislation and executive actions to target recipients of food stamps, Medicaid, and housing benefits. The White House. It is quietly preparing a sweeping executive order that would mandate a top-to-bottom review of the federal programs on which millions of poor Americans rely. And GOP lawmakers are in the early stages of crafting legislation that could make it more difficult to qualify for those programs. In the meantime, the Trump administration has already begun making policy shifts that could have major ramifications. Federal health officials are encouraging states impose work requirements on able-bodied adults on Medicaid. A major uh, philosophical shift that would treat the program as welfare rather than health insurance. The uh, Agricultural Department said last week that it would soon give states greater control over the food stamp program, uh, potentially opening the door to drug testing or stricter work requirements on recipients of the $70 billion program long targeted by fiscal conservatives. Another initial move has already backfired. The Veterans Affairs Department announced it would not, that it would redirect hundreds of millions of dollars from a program for homeless vets to local VA centers, but it reversed course after fierce pullback from its advocates. And while uh, candidate Trump um, pledged to protect some safety net programs, conservatives had long wanted to devolve control of social programs to the states and impose uh, stricter work and drug testing rules. Now that they control both ends of Pennsylvania Avenue, Republicans believe they have a once-in-a-generation opportunity to overhaul those programs, which they have long argued are wasteful and are too easily exploited and promote dependency. You know what he's doing. That's what he's planning to do. And they're trying to trying to give you a reason for it. Yeah. You know, to defend that they're, they're, you know. Do you think we need a law banning Congress from ever borrowing from Social Security again? Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't you? I mean, they 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 want to do away with they want to do away with it, but uh, they they they're constantly raiding it. You know. They shouldn't be able to touch social security. No, they shouldn't. They should not be able to touch it. Or Medicare, you know. Nope. Uh, Anyway. The Internet is dead without net neutrality. In a nutshell, they have to treat online content equally. Net neutrality makes it illegal for companies like Comcast, AT&T, to block or slow down specific content on your creative pad. And these... There, where websites have to, and this is going too fast. People to buy more expensive calling plans. Or where Comcast. 
Companies like Comcast, AT&T, and Verizon are doing everything in their power to get rid of net neutrality rules, and they're probably going to succeed regardless of what we do. Here's why this would be terrible for every internet user. In a nutshell, net neutrality means that the internet service providers have to treat all online content equally. Net neutrality makes it illegal for companies like Comcast, AT&T, and Verizon to block or slow down specific content or to create paid fast lanes where websites have to pay extra to reach customers. The purpose of the rules is to prevent a situation where Verizon, for example, slows down FaceTime because they want people to buy more expensive calling plans or where Comcast blocks Netflix because it competes with their own video streaming service. Net neutrality basically helps to keep the internet at a level playing field. Without net neutrality, the internet as we know it is dead. It could end up looking more like a cable subscription service with complex and expensive bundles of pre-packaged web access. Without net neutrality, Comcast could charge websites a fast lane fee that would make it harder for new startups to compete with established players. The good news is that current net neutrality rules have overwhelming bipartisan support. Across the political spectrum, Americans strongly support the idea that internet service providers should treat all content equally. The bad news is that it may not matter what you think. The SEC is currently being headed by a former Verizon lawyer, and sooner or later they will vote to strike down net neutrality. This will probably trigger a legal battle that could last years and go all the way up to the Supreme Court. If there's enough public outcry in the meantime, Congress could intervene with their own legislative solution. So what can you do? Only a handful of companies benefit from repealing net neutrality. These companies are trying their hardest to mislead, confuse, or complicate the issue with legal and technical jargon that the average American will simply tune out or misunderstand. The best thing you can do is make sure that everyone around you understands what net neutrality is and how it affects them. That includes calling your local representatives who may be badly misinformed. Sites like battleforthenet.com and savetheinternet.com are great resources to check out. This is one bipartisan issue we can all easily get behind. If we let net neutrality die, it'll be great for Comcast, AT&T, and Verizon. But for you and me, the Internet as we know it will never be the same. Peace. Interesting, huh? It says 83% of Americans include three out of four Republicans are for net neutrality. Yeah. And only, uh, I'm surprised that uh, there's actually 17% that uh, that don't have an opinion. Oh, really? Or whatever. But, and those that are against are AT&T, Comcast, Verizon Charter, and Telecom Trade Associations. This was a, this was an interesting one, Lala. I thought you would be interested in hearing. Well, what's that? Republicans on rape. They don't consider it rape. No, well, some don't. They have said. Oh my God. Yeah, this Clayton uh, Williams, a Republican of Texas, said, "Rape is kind of like the weather. If it's inevitable, relax and enjoy it." Unbelievable. This other idiot, Ted Aiken, a Republican from Missouri, said, if it's a legitimate rape, the female body has ways to try to shut that whole thing down. Huh. Rape victims should make the best of a bad situation. Rick hmm. Santorum from Republican. The best of a bad situation? Yeah. Who was he to tell them? Rick Santorum, you know, <laughs> sure. Republican from Pennsylvania. 
Now, there's a guy, Richard Mordock, from India, a Republican from Indiana, says, even when life begins in that horrible situation of rape, it is something that God intended to happen. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Freaking moron. In the emergency room, this is from a woman now, Jody Laudenberg, Republican, Texas. In the emergency room, they have what's called rape kits, where a woman can get cleaned out. Oh. Jeez. Oh, yeah. What kind of a stupid... Oh, what do you know? Doesn't these people go to school? This is a Republican... Mama, a Republican congresswoman from Texas. And here's uh, this, you know, the last idiot, uh, Lawrence Lockman, Republican from Maine. If a woman has the right to an abortion... Why shouldn't a man be free to use his superior strength to force himself on a woman? At least the rapist's pursuit of sexual freedom doesn't, in most cases, result in anyone's death. Not as of yet. You just don't know what's going to happen. What are you talking about? The guy, I mean, how many people rape and kill, you know? Yeah, well, somebody gets raped, and uh, they're not al- what if they're not allowed to have an abortion? And they die as a result of that pregnancy. Well, the, the whole thing is absurd. It is. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I can't even. Well, these guys get elected from stupid states and stupid people. I mean, Jesus. I don't, mean, they just, don't they know what biology? Well, look at that Roy Moore. I mean, the, the complete freaking lunatic, racist, bigot, crazy man. All right. And they were going to elect him. And they wanted to elect him. It was like, holy Christ. You know, and they elected him t- t- twice to uh, to uh, a judge. A judgeship, and he was t- he was taken out. He had to be thrown out. He was so bad. Yeah. Good damn. It's a horrible guy. Sixth elections, I would guess. Oh, jeez. Hey, your baby needs the hepatitis B vaccine in case he shoots up heroin with a prostitute. Huh. <laughs> if you believe that a vaccine for uh, hepatitis B is something your newborn baby needs, when Hep B is a liver disease uh, believed to be uh, spread through HIV drug use with a dirty needle or unprotected sex with an infected partner, then you need to start thinking a little harder and stop being a repeater. Why would your kid need that, right? The liver is extremely important to detoxifying aluminum. There is uh, 250 micrograms of aluminum in the hepatitis B vaccine, which is also given within 12 hours of birth in most places. What? Why would you give a kid... I can't imagine. You know, and, and certainly more babies leave the hospital. Every pregnant woman in the U.S. is screened for hepatitis B when she is pregnant, and doctors and nurses know before birth if the mother is positive or not. So they know if the baby is at risk from hepatitis B infection or not, and they don't care. They are trying to vaccinate 100% of the infants born in the U.S. with that vaccine. Why are they doing that? With regard to the aluminum uh, uh, in the hepatitis B vaccine, it's worth noting that every other injectable medication is governed by a maximum amount of aluminum that is safe to receive within a 24-hour period. So, for example, the limit of U.S. Food and Drug Administration on intravenous drip is 5 mcgs of aluminum per kilogram of body weight per 24-hour period. So, for an 8- or 10-pound infant with healthy kidneys, 
maybe 30 uh, MCBs of aluminum over a 24-hour period, but hepatitis B has a 250 MCBs, SGs, and they are giving it to infants, uh, premature infants, and low birth weight babies. These babies are having apnea, SIDS, uh, problems with breathing. Their oxygen uh, uh, saturation rates are dropping in neonatal intensive care units. That's just the one hepatitis B shot. Then babies give, get their two-month vaccines, and normally pediatricians are giving them eight vaccines at the same time. Oh, my God. The amount of your, your aluminum contained in those vaccines can exceed 1,200 mcgs or 1.2 milligrams in a matter of seconds. That is hundreds of times more than the FDA safety limit would be for the, any other injectable other than vaccines. Vaccines are exempt from that safety limit because they're considered a public health measure. Are you a repeater or a thinker? There's a big difference, and the health of your child depends on you becoming a free thinker. Mm-hmm. So Christ Almighty, you know, imagine putting all the eight, eight, I mean, look, that's crazy. What the hell are these people? What's this? Don't they have any brains? No, I mean, that's why vaccines are causing autism. You know? Oh, for God's sake. And they're injecting all this aluminum and all this other shit into you. Oh, this is a good one. Facebook is complying with 95% of Israeli requests to remove inciting content. Anything, anything pro-Palestinian is going to get cut, cut off here, or anti-anti-Israel. Yeah, Facebook complying with 95% of Israeli requests to remove inciting content. Master says uh, that's YouTube as well. Uh, YouTube, however, has been removing 80% of content cited by government um, of uh, Israel. Israel bill defined Facebook for disseminating insightful incitement to terrorist advances. Now, Israel's anti-Facebook spin is latest excuse to ignore the occupation. Uh, oh, I don't know. I, I, I'm just so disgusted with all this. I can't even. I, I, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. It's just very disheartening to be an American citizen at this time. I think it is. I really do. It's one of the toughest of, uh, I mean, under Bush, it was it was horrible. They got, the guy was crazy, crazy. We were at wars everywhere. Mm-hmm. Where the economy went into the shitter. Everything. I mean, and, and yet they still wouldn't impeach this guy. And he was wanted for war crimes, okay? Yeah, the international. And yeah. he still can't leave the country. Him or, or yeah. Cheney or, or Roosevelt, they can't even leave the country to this day. They're still wanted outside of the United States. I and, think we uh, ought to put them on a ship and set them to sail. Just set them to sail and blow them up in the middle of it. You know? Who's this girl? Uh, Israeli Justice Minister Sheikh uh, Shakid delivers a speech in, during a conference in Budapest. Um, it's just about Israeli insults or something. Uh, Monday reported that Shekid and Erdin had proposed to the Facebook executives that the company treat words like infant, intifada, stabbing, Nazi, and expressions such as death to Jews and death to Arabs as grounds for removing content. They also called for the same 
a policy toward videos inciting viewers to stabbing attacks or containing anti-Semitic characters. Yeah, I could see that. I, I could understand that. You know, that's what's causing them to do that. Yeah. Facebook didn't respond to the requests, um, uh, nor uh, YouTube uh, comment on the figures. Excuse me, for compliance on removing inflammatory content. Uh, online extremism can only be tackled with a strong partnership uh, uh, between policymakers, civil society, academia, and companies. And this is true in Israel and around the world. I just don't want everything so homogenized that it doesn't mean anything. No, exactly. This is what they want to have happen, you know. Uh, you know, you won't be able I, to I say know, anything. Well, that's one thing, but you know, I think you whatever, should be able whatever, to read, whatever is inside. You don't have to choose to read those kinds of things. I mean, you don't. But I think people have to. You know, we had freedom of speech for a reason. Once you start regulating everything, there'll be nothing well, that people can say. I'm sorry, I. I, well, I, 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 I happen to agree with you, but at the same time. No, there's no at the same time, Leo. I'm sorry. There is at the same no. time. Mm-hmm. If you have somebody that's advocating murder and teaching you how to do it, right, and and and, <laughs> and inciting people online to do it, there's a balance. Do you think, do you think that's right? Or how about people that are posting I, their own murders on online? I, th- I don't. I you don't like think that. No, Leo, come on. You said it. You, you know. I, you, there's a lot of stuff you don't. There's a lot of stuff you don't like. Well, and yeah. I, and I, and Could I, you have that? Should that be free? I'd have to think a lot about. How about my child pornography? Should that be free? How about uh, how about uh, exploiting uh, children is against the law, Leo. So what? So is so is this half the stuff those people are saying out there? You know, that's what you're saying. There has to be restrictions to some degree. And you know that because we've lived under those on those things all of our our careers. But I'm now what they're doing is they're, try, they're trying to take away everything, all opinions, yeah. and I don't like that. I, agree. I mean, I don't agree with a, with a lot of these things these people say. I choose not to listen to them. I don't want anything to do with them. I don't like a lot of things that are put out on the news, on entertainment. I think it's disgusting. And I think that half television you shouldn't watch. I mean, that's the way I feel. But I, I don't agree. choose to watch it because I'm offended by it. That people don't seem to know what that is anymore. They're not offended by anything. Well, what's what's uh, what's offensive? Uh, it's you know, it's, uh, you, you you have look look at all these guys in the Congress. Look at all of them in the Congress and the movie business. They're all they're all being indicted for for uh, sexual harassment, or, yeah, pedophilia, all kinds of stuff. Oh. And and so, but they had the right to speak, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, and uh, but and they can defend their 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 sickness, um, but I don't know. It's, it's it's not something that I I think there's there's limits. There's limits. There's just natural. You limits. have to think about it though, about what kind of limits, you know. And well, we're moving. They want like, us to have know, a homogenized society. First of all, where you're not allowed to say speak out against anybody or anything. Unless it's politically correct, and I don't like that. Well, I don't, I don't think that's happening 
Oh, it's, it's coming, Leo. I, I mean, there's too Just, much of it out there, but but I think I think that the I only think, thing I think that matters a, in this country is what sells for corporations and what direction the people that run it want to take. That's yeah. all. There's no fairness. There's no anything. That's why we have a tax bill where uh, it helps the rich get richer and the corporations get bigger. Paid for by people making under under a hundred thousand dollars a year. That's right. Or under fifty thousand a year. I don't know what they even consider middle class. Um, the average the average family income mm. is fifty nine thousand. In this in this country, and that's with two people working. That's fifty percent of the country, and, uh, and they must be on welfare then. Food stamps, you know, things like that, sure. And uh, that's what they—that's what the Republicans want to destroy. They want, they, rather than give them jobs that that make more money, or give them opportunities or educational benefits or something, they just want to, you know, take away their food and take away their 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 source uh, their Medicaid, you know, and it's uh, it's it's downright cruel, and it's down, and you know, I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, it's almost time to go, but uh, I want to thank you very much, and uh, there's a whole lot of trouble in the world, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, New York State Attorney General is going to sue over net neutrality. Good reversal. for him. Right. And, uh, That's important. Yeah. And uh, really sad about oh, uh, plans to uh, surprisingly honest information. Yeah. Right. This is this is uh, this is kind of clever because it's called uh, the shitter net. <laughs> Why we've been working hard to fuck it up and replace it with a new online experience, the Shitternet. To bring you the Shitternet, we're getting rid of the fundamental thing that makes the net awesome. No, not porn, net neutrality. It's what made the net truly free and open, giving a voice to the silence and sparking innovation, education, and the very best literature, music, technology, science, culture, the world ever seen. In short, it's what made the net the most empowering, liberating force in human history, which is why we want to kill it. So fraud band providers can replace it with a two-tiered shitter net, with a fast lane for stuff they want you to see, and slow-ass speeds and extra fees for stuff they don't. In other words, a steaming pile of shit like cable TV. Shitter net! Where the only news you'll see is this, which coincidentally is only by them who make you do this to access your favorite sites where these companies will dominate the net even more and where if your ISP doesn't like what you say you might end up seeing this but don't worry if you don't like it you can always choose a different provider we know most of you only have one option of ISP so your only choice will be shitternet or no internet it's all part of our mafia policy to let the people we work for not you these people monopolize the internet and reverse the course of human evolution shitternet
the only thing standing between you and this fucked-up dystopian nightmare is Congress. Which is why, unless you get on the phone to them right now, on December 14, we'll be voting to kill net neutrality, and with it, the Internet you love. Fortunately for us, you're all too busy fighting each other to come together and stop this bullshit, which will screw not just you, but everyone on the planet, including future generations who may never know a free and open Internet. Welcome to the Shitternet, because an informed, empowered humanity isn't good for our shareholders. Authorized by Verizon. I mean the Feral Communications Commission. <laughs> oh, this is about the FCC from voting to kill the net head neutrality. Well, we're too late. All done. Yeah. Welcome to the Shitternet. Well, we're right at the end of our show. Yes, we are. So yeah. we're coming up to a holy long weekend for Christians, and um, I hope uh, to that, mention that works the, out to be a nice holiday for people. Not to mention the Jewish segment of our society, having Hanukkah. Yes, Hanukkah. Yeah. And... Um, I hope people have a peaceful holiday, and I hope they enjoy their families. Yeah. And I hope everyone stays safe on the roads and in the air. And um, we'll talk to you next week. Yep. And have a, a good and safe holiday. Good night. Good night, everybody.